Bada bing, bada boom. Dude, what a fucking game, man. Holy shit, dude. Not gonna lie, I woke up this morning at about 3.30 because my fucking bladder's like, yeah, I need to pee. And immediately I get up and I look at my phone and I saw that we just put a whoop ass on Golden State. And immediately I'm like, oh, dude, we manhandled them all night. So it was kind of interesting to be able to get down to the nit and gritty of it when I got into the game and realized that this was not a fucking easy game. No. This was a lot of like weird quirks and weird things that happened. And in that third quarter, when they cut it to one point and we pulled out shade to start that fourth quarter, bro, come on, man. I thought it was going to be a much closer game, but we ended up having Shea on the, the, the bench for all but four minutes and like 30 seconds of that fourth quarter because of the way the guys were playing. And let's just talk about yeah. the matchup that was out there. It was a five guard set with Kenny Hustle at that five position. Mm-hmm. Josh Giddy at that five position, whoever was rotating in that five zone. When we did that, there was nothing they could do to stop us. Nothing. They had 20 offensive boards on the night, but in that fourth quarter, the way that we were able to spread out and cause them not to be effective in any stretch of the imagination, they had to go back to their bench to get more guards because we were just making their center and um, power forwards ineffective. It was so next level by coach to recognize exactly what we needed to do in order to win that game. Yeah. And obviously the guys, they did what they needed to. The Warriors weren't full strength, but they still had Chris Paul out there. Sarge played big last game. He played big this game. So, you know, a couple of former Thunder players, usually former Thunder players really step up against the Thunder because, you know, face them a lot in practice. So there's a lot to be worried about that game coming in. Um, we're obviously having our eye at the top of the West, and we're trying to figure out how we can make a move on that. So Dude, now we're eight. It's and sexy four. right now. Yeah, what do we got to do to make that move, bro? Well, I mean, we're two games behind, but more so, I get excited about this because right. um, the more the more time I start looking at the standings, the more I start realizing what's really happening in the NBA. Because I, I know that there's teams like the Clippers that are three and seven right now that will probably make the playoffs. Man, right? They'll go on some crazy runs. But right now, they're four games behind us. And you say, well, four games um, isn't a lot. That's easy to come back from. Well, ask us about four games last year. It's not as easy, was it? Okay, so to me, like four games behind us is a significant space. Utah isn't necessarily playing well. Uh, Pelicans not playing well. Phoenix not playing well. Golden State having injuries and, and suspensions not playing well. Right? Sacramento. Doing okay, right? Houston, outplaying their everything. They're on a six-game win streak right now. They were 0-3. Now they're 6-3. Minnesota, they're on like an eight-game win streak or seven-game win streak until they lost, uh, I don't know, who Dallas or whoever last night, right? Mm -hmm. And then Dallas is 9-3. So they're one game ahead of us. Denver, 9-2. You see what I'm saying, man? We're not. Yeah, we're, we're not right too far away to getting to that top. Now, Denver is going to be in a whole new level. I think that Denver is going to be looking at 60-plus games for um, wins for this year. All right? Yeah. So staying up with Denver is going to be very difficult. That's if Denver stays healthy. Um, but after that, though, where I see it, it being, it's going to be Dallas. I think Sacramento will be up there. I think Phoenix will be up there. And after that, it's going to be a crapshoot, man. But the reality is what we're seeing right now is we're seeing the Oklahoma City Thunder go, what, 8-4 and four, the first 12 games of the season? 
I mean, yeah. What are yeah. we four and one if we average that out? Yeah, something four like and that. two. I don't know. I can't do math right now. Three. I think but three. For the every, point is, three you put that into walk. context, right? And you take seven, seven, because that's where we're at. It'll be seven times that, and this team has a legit opportunity. I mean, like a legit opportunity to get fifty-five wins if they continue to play like this. I yeah. mean, legit. Because that's what that's what the numbers are saying right now. I, I know we will lose more games, and it's going to be like this, and it's just not going to always go positive. But man, right now, why can't we just sit here and say fifty-five plus wins is definitely a possibility? I mean, it's in play. I also think that, in a large way, our best basketball is still in front of us, and I I think most teams feel that way at this point in the season. But um, I just don't think we've really strung together a really good game yet. We've had really good halves we've had really good quarters um but start to finish yeah we can do more chet is still finding what, out what he can do defensively we're figuring out what we can do coach is figuring out the lineups in different ways we're getting jay will we got kenny back for two games now jay so, will only played three minutes last night do you know that yeah there was just closing minutes like he he had but, a dnpcd until the last three minutes but and then he I came in got an assist he got a bucket he like came in and made an impact it wasn't you know, it wasn't game changing, but he's but always. Why? Why did that happen last night? It's because we went to that when when Shea or, I really when Shea came out of the game, we went to Kenny Hustle being in that five guard set, at Kenny at the five. You know, mm-hmm. and when that happened, like we we just we pulled away from the team every single time. Like I I'm not listen. Shea played a, a great game, but it wasn't his best game by any stretch of the imagination. I think he yeah, was like was six clear. for twenty one, yeah, from field goals. Um, he was getting hounded all night though, man. He kept on getting fouled and he kept, there's so much physical play going on right now. I just got to say is with all the other shit that's going on in the NBA and the tussles and the throwing of the punches and, you know, all these people getting in fights, right? I'm so proud of the Thunder players for staying out of that shit. Just staying out of it. Yes, we're getting hacked. Yes, we're getting fouled, but there's nobody that's like pushing people or throwing punches or putting them in headlocks. There's none of that shit going on with the Thunder. It's all class all the time. I think Kenny Hustle got his the only technical foul this year for the team. Right? Yeah. And it was because maybe Josh got one too. Josh, that's right. Josh, Josh got one for you know, complaining. But my, the point is, we don't get a lot of technicals out there. It's not something that we look at and, and it's uh, a detriment to our game. Like Kenny Hustle's technical, I'll take that all day. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll take it all day long. And the reason is there is, a, there is movement towards the player that was on the ground. Shay or Jada, whoever's on the ground, right? And immediately, stand up. Kenny's like, "No, no," puts his hand out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. Protect your players at all costs. If you think that a player is talking tra- trash on your player, and you step in and you push the guy away, good. Get a technical for that because that's worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's the type of stuff we want. That's what Kenny's really good at, and it's what other people need to kind of pick up from. You know, being a great teammate, being an enforcer, every team needs one. And we got one of the best in the business. And, man, yeah, what a, what a game. We got the Warriors again. Um, I don't know what's up with Steph. I imagine he'll still be out, but I don't know. Um, Draymond's out no matter what. And the Warriors want to stop, you know, from reeling in this position. They're definitely going to come out and try to get a win at all costs. I, I don't think they're proud of that effort. and. They don't think that we should have beat them. Well, let's just be honest about this, bro. Let's just 
Clay Thompson literally had his worst game he's ever had in his career. Really? I mean, I, I don't remember a worse game for Clay Thompson. He had five points on the night, 27 yeah, he minutes. Had, he had those at halftime. Yeah, there you go. I mean, like, that's, that's my point is, like, this dude did not play well. And it was because we threw Dort at him. We threw Casey Wallace at him. We had a little bit of J-Dub on him. Yeah. Um, you know, this will be a revenge game for Clay Thompson. I'm not expecting him to do anything um, less than 40 uh, tomorrow night. Um, so with that being said, I don't think I don't think Steve Kerr is going to go ahead and um, bring uh, Steph back early. I just don't. I mean, he might feel like this is a must-win opportunity, but I, I don't think that. They're only a couple games behind us. Right. Um, you know, so this is not a must-win moment. So early in the season, these guys are getting 20-plus minutes. Um, our starters, really, man, nobody went over 30 minutes. That's huge, man. That's huge. Um, but, I mean, when you shoot 59%, was it 50? Yeah, 59.4% from three-point range. Uh, I, I have a hard time thinking, especially the rate of three-pointers that we shoot, I have a hard time thinking that we're going to get beat. I mean, just not. And we got to the foul line 23 times. I, to me, this was a, a perfect example of what this team can do very quickly is every single time that Golden State made it close, the Thunder went, boom, eight-point lead, nine-point lead again. Yeah. Like, if we're doing this to, to teams like the Suns and to Golden State and other, other teams like that right there, to me, it's like we're just putting everything together. We're understanding what we can do. And when you have a rookie, I mean, straight up, when you have a rookie, I mean, we could talk about Chet. I love talking about Chet. I could talk about Chet all day. But mm-hmm. when we have a rookie like Casey Wallace, who is a legit, a legit top three rookie mm-hmm. this year, because what he does on the defensive end, what he does on the offensive end, he's so efficient. Uh, to, uh, last night, 10 points. He had one steal. And that steal was crazy, bro. He had a couple other deflections that didn't get steals, but still. He had four assists, two rebounds, one of which was offensive. He was two for two in three-pointers. Again, another perfect game of, um, from three-point range. And he's four for seven. Again, we're talking about one of the most efficient rookies to ever play the game in the first 12 games, ever. And you think about how long this is, um, the, the, the team has been around, the long as the NBA has been around, and then you're saying a player like Cason Wallace is coming in pretty much under the radar and all of a sudden becomes one of the most efficient rookies in a 12, his first 12 games ever. Like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about somebody that is going to be the next star of the NBA? Can he continue to do this? Because if his efficiency is this good and it continues over time, then how are you going to say that this guy isn't a top 10 guard in the league? Yeah, like, this well. is a rookie, and he's doing insane shit right now, and he's only getting 26 minutes a game, and he's putting out numbers that are just mind-boggling for rookies. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot to continue that over the course What's of up, your Vic? career. What's up, buddy? Appreciate it. Oh, you, you got man. a Case and Wallace video. Hell yes, man. I'm so glad. There you go. Right on cue. Man. Pumped up about watching that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at the way Presley's drafting, you look at what Coach Degnault ensures these young players are doing like defense first is always really critical um so and critical then you build out from there and we're we're seeing that happen yeah i think Kaysen, like you're saying dave that upside is is really hard to grasp right now because you know he is still i think a teenager he's still in a situation where you know one year of college basketball and now you're being thrust into this nba situation and you're you're being required to guard the best players like historic level players 
And well, I want to talk about in the fourth quarter, Kaysen Wallace was forced to play against um, uh, Clay. Clay Thompson, right? Yeah. And Clay Thompson had him beat. Now, Kaysen was in front of him the whole time. And you can tell that Clay is doing everything to get around Kaysen, okay? Finally beats him, right? But Kaysen goes, Chet, right? And you hear it. And the second he says it, Chet turns around, gets super fucking wide, right? And goes up for a block shot, which immediately Clay Thompson's like, oh, hell no, I'm not getting my shot blocked. And goes to try to pass the ball, and the ball goes right off the hip. Yeah, he just loses it. Right? Him and shitless, my bro. point, that, that one-two punch right there about Kaysen, right? Whether or not, I, I want to put this out here. Whether or not Kaysen let Clay beat him on purpose or not, right? It doesn't matter. Because what I saw there and the connection that Chet and Kaysen had, right, is kind of like a connection that you would see in the, some of the greatest um, defenses of all time, where, like, you could say Michael Jordan, right, is recognizing that Scottie Pippen or that you have uh, Dennis Rodman is on the baseline. Is there a step a stop him, right? And I've heard Michael Jordan say that he would let guys get past him if he knew Dennis Rodman was there because they were going to run into Dennis Rodman and Dennis Rodman was going to make him feel the pain, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is that Casey Wallace was playing him lockdown defense, not letting him pass him, not letting him pass, not letting him pass. On the third try, he lets him pass. Whether it was on purpose or his clay's move, it doesn't matter. The fact is, he called Chet's name to get a Chet's attention to make sure that he saw Clay was coming down the lane. And that right there is, again, why Kaysen continues to blow my mind is because it's not about the offense with him, even though he is the most efficient rookie I've ever seen. It's more than that. He understands the game on a defensive level that is so next level, that is so elite, that is so something that you stop and say, can this guy get better from this point? Because if he can get better on the defensive end, just the defensive end, he's going to be one of the best defenders in the league at Mm -hmm. 6'3". Okay. And if he doesn't get better at all on offense and he just stays what he is four for seven and two for two for threes and he just stays efficient, right? And he averages 12, 14 points a game, but he becomes that lockdown defender. Then we're talking about one of the better guards in the league. And then you add his offensive game to what I think his offensive game can be. And then we're talking about a top 10 point guard in the league. And it's crazy because I want to go through this real fast with everybody. Cason Wallace, point guard, right? J Dub. Point guard. Shea, point guard. Josh Giddy, point guard. Chet, motherfucking point guard. You guys get what I'm saying? We have an entire group of guys all around that play point guard level. You can throw any guys in there that you want with those five guys, bringing the ball up, and everything in the offense works seamlessly perfect. I'm telling you guys, next level, Shea, Coach D, Sam Presti recognizing that you can't have enough point guards in the new NBA. Yeah, dude. Man, so we got a couple of more games coming up on the road. We got the Warriors and the Trailblazers again, or for the first time this season. Trailblazers. Back to back, right? Or is it back to back nights, dude? And it's a travel Saturday, day? Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Uh, well, so there you go. Whatever advantage we had going into the Portland game, um, our legs are going to be tired. Not that far of a flight, but. It's, you know, that flight after the game and playing the next day can get you. So that right there is going to be a challenge in and of itself. But at least we're playing Portland, right? And, but hey, if we drop it, nobody's going to give us any credit for being a travel day either. So we got to get it done. 
We got to put away the teams we're supposed to put away this year in order to be able to do the things we want to do. Remember, like, in January last year, we got on a bit of a run on the road. Yeah. And when the team came back, do you remember? Like, I think they had fans at the airport. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, they did, bro. It went from being like, this team is below 500 to we came back, I think, above 500, five or six game win streak, and everybody was freaking out. So we talked about it when we got into the season. We're like, you know, we thought maybe we could hit that type of win streak early, kind of get the fans to a fever pitch early, and then ride that wave late. Um, And I can get the sense, like, when I watch the um, after practice interviews with the the players, you know, when I watch the after game interviews, you get the sense, like, that there's a lot of reporters from Oklahoma who are following the team around. There's a lot of people who are are joining these scrums and want to get these interviews and want to talk to the players. It's growing. It's growing. It's going to continue to grow. It is. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to know that the next generation of great thunder reporters great thunder news is coming up and yes we can look at a guy who's there for golden state like anthony slater as a fucking trader who moved on with kd and followed him around well guess what anthony you're stuck in purgatory and we were in heaven dude wrapping this up isaiah joe seven for seven from three-point range 23 points guys Josh Giddy's motherfucking back. Fuck yeah. 19 points, guys. Two games in a row. Motherfuck. You guys, I think that we need to trade Giddy. You guys can go fuck off. We'll be back tomorrow night, guys. Cannot wait. Peace.